All right, guys, so welcome back to the TK and MBF Performance Talk. Matt Calderoni, the mental trainer, Thomas Kiriakou, the physical trainer, and now we got Jonathan Kiriakou um, from Ottawa, 60, uh, yeah, Ottawa 67s, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, explain to us what you do, man. Oh, yeah, Go thanks for, for having me on, first of all. And just, Definitely. Yeah, a quick uh, run through what I do for the team. So yep. position as uh, director of player development for the team. So main focus is, you know, overseeing the uh, – uh, process of you know when our prospects are first of all drafted to our team to the point at which they eventually play on our team and everything that comes in between so you know arranging and coordinating between junior A teams ROHL team midget teams and whatnot awesome. uh, and everything that goes in there uh, and then you know of course evaluating those players throughout the season and ensuring that they're uh, on the right track and uh, trending towards being a, a, an OHL player. Uh, right. And then obviously as well, I have some input into uh, minor midget and midget scouting for the team as well. So very multifaceted and yeah. <laughs> it's a good yeah, thing. involved That's in, great. Uh, in a lot of different uh, areas. Awesome. So, so we're live on Instagram as well. Yep. Instagram, if you can hear us over there, Jonathan Kiriakou, Director of Player Development for the Auto 67s. He's on our podcast for the MBF and TK Performance Talk. Yep, so our big topic today that we wanted to discuss, and it's great that you're here too, Jonathan, because coming from a lot of the youth hockey players that I guess, uh, that we're assuming tunes in, right? Um, This is a big topic for them, and guys, it's pressure this week. Um, Thomas, I guess you can give it to us from the gym side, like what are, I guess, common concerns that your athletes come in with? Right away off the bat, it's everyday habits that they go through, whereas it's social media, uh, girls, parties, parents, big time. Definitely. Um, That's a lot of pressure on these kids. And you know what? It's they're young. They're they're babies still. And I understand that. I was 16, 15 once upon a time. And I remember playing hockey triple a for the original stars and i had tons of pressure on myself and i always wanted to make sure i was performing you know well on a daily basis who was watching i was right asking my parents all the time how did i play how did i look did, yeah did anybody say anything like there's just so much pressure nowadays and it's only gonna get worse and jonathan i'm curious for you what's a locker room buzz if you will like when it comes to that what do you i guess I mean, you're, I'm not assuming you're directly in the locker room at times, but I guess buzz around, you know, the ring sometimes. What are, what are kids going in at now? Yeah, well, you know, I'm not involved directly in the locker room, but obviously day to day, I do have a lot of contact with, with a lot of players, players who have just been drafted to the OHL to players Mm -hmm. who are getting ready for the NHL draft as they are tonight. And it's, you know, it's fitting, obviously that the topic is pressure with, with the draft coming up. And, you know, I think a lot of the time it's very, uh, you know, I don't want to say self-motivated pressure, but, uh, you know, a lot of it comes from, uh, at least in my opinion, the fact that hockey nowadays seems to be very, you know, one-dimensional in yeah. the sense that it's all yeah. you really think about. There's no other sports you're participating in. That's right. You know, if you're getting ready for the NHL draft, a lot of these kids don't even have a summer job. You're just yeah. going and preparing for the NHL draft all the time, and that's all you're thinking about. And if, unfortunately, for some reason that doesn't go your way whether you get passed over or you fall a little bit further than you uh you were expecting yourself to go then you know that can really uh, mount up and you know it goes without saying as well throughout the regular season there's countless examples of guys in every single league in in the world putting pressure on themselves for the next contract or for uh some upcoming draft and don't perform up to their to their own standards or the standards their coach 
you know sees yeah. uh, sees fit. So uh, yeah, no, it's a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of it's in your head. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, even I was going to say coming from that. So it's funny because you talk. Well, touch upon the whole social media part. I like how you drove home to the whole everything is all about hockey right now. Because even when I deal with guys, the big thing I see personally is that. I like to break pressure down in two ways when I do a lot of work with the guys I work with. And that's, you know, internal pressure, what you put on yourself versus external pressure, what someone else puts on yourself, like you were saying, the social media and all that aspect. So especially when it comes down to, I guess, separating life and hockey, because that, that is something that every athlete, I believe, needs to do. It doesn't matter what sport you play. You have to have some kind of debrief, personal life type of thing. But the question always is now, and I'm seeing it with a lot of guys, you know, with performance slumps, if you will, sometimes that personal life creeps over into the performance life. Always. And that's when it's a question of the Instagrams of what do I do now? Yeah. Right. So my personal advice I could give, I'm curious to know what you guys kind of give being from the outside and then I'll give, I'll give mine after, but I'm, I'm curious to know what you say, Thomas, when someone comes to you with that. I've been a big believer in and we've talked about this many times yeah is Mm self-awareness the fact of the matter is pressure it's yes you can control but sometimes it will take it will take over yeah and i get it i understand it we've all been through it but if you can separate yourself and i know matt will touch upon this um either on today's show or another show is you have to be two different people yeah. You have to be two. Di- you have to be the person. You have to be the athlete. Yep. And they can't cross over. They can't cross paths. Okay. And I'm sure John can relate to like if you were scouting a player, let's say, and you you have a list of A, B, C, and D of what he's good at. I'm sure you can tell if he's on his A game or if yeah. he's put a lot of pressure on himself during that game because you know it's their let's say it's their minor major draft coming up. Yes, there's a lot of scouts coming, and I'm sure you have witnessed guys not play at their best because maybe they are putting too much yeah no absolutely and you know self-awareness is, is a great point but another point i think is important here as well is uh you know everybody whether you're playing or you're working yep. or whatever you want to do you aspire to be a professional a lot of these players you're playing minor midget you're playing you know a lot of the times because you want to play in the nhl and if that's your goal that's great but you know it's learning how to be a professional just the same way as a lawyers are professional yep. a doctors yeah. are professional and being a professional, you know, you have to be very good at time management. And mm-hmm. that's not just, you know, ensuring that your homework is done on yeah. time and whatnot, but it's also ensuring that you know when it's time for hockey and you know when it's time for something else and not letting those two get mixed up. It's, you know what? Have you, you have, have, you, have you witnessed guys slip just based off that? Well, you know, we're working with junior hockey players and they're learning just like everybody else. Exactly. These guys aren't professionals yet. There's still a lot they have to learn. And you know what? There's cases around every OHL team, every AAA team. You know what? Sometimes an assignment doesn't get done. Or sometimes you have a problem with your girlfriend and that starts to creep in. But it's about managing your time. And you know what? Guys at the NHL level, if you want to spend your entire summer going golfing because it, you know, yeah. helps you kind of relax a little bit that's that's great it's just you know making sure that when you when it's time for hockey that you're good to go and i was going to say on that too so i like how you touched upon that because the thing is guys even when i'm talking about being that separate person you have to have a control over how much of that separate person you're being yeah. like if you are going 
you know, golfing all summer and you're not putting in the work that you need to, I mean, you can't expect to get the results because here's how I see it personally. Right now, we're really focused on skills, right? Skills of a player. But the thing is, and this goes back to self-awareness, tell me which NHL player has started very young, and I mean young 20s, okay, and has maintained every single one of those single skills right up until they retire. Or is it more of a fact that they start with certain skills, morph into something else, and then finish with even a different kind of skill set? They adapt, right? Exactly. So I think, coming off those points, it's more so self-awareness, but putting in that work. I think players should ultimately depend on the work that they put in, the preparation that goes into it, in anything, even being a professional. Like, guys, we can't even be sitting here ourselves without being prepared for this. Yeah. You know, it's in anything because even what I'm noticing from some of the agencies that I talk to, a lot of players are getting cut because of character now. Yeah. And it's absolutely. a matter of being a great person on ice, but an even better person off the ice. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just curious for you, what kind of challenges do you guys see with that? Well, yeah, no, I can't stress enough how important character is to all organizations, not just our own. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're, we're very involved with you know, the player, and it's not just, you know, you leave the rink and we don't talk to you. We're yeah. involved in everything. We see what you put on Twitter, what yeah. you put on Instagram. We know if you went to school. You know, we know if you've been getting into some trouble as a 16-year-old. So, yeah, character's greatly important, and you want guys that are able to come in and manage the pressures of being a high-level athlete. No. And when you say yeah. we, is that you, the head coach? Well, yeah, everybody's, every, everybody yeah, everybody's knows. involved. Everybody wow. knows from the top down what's going on. It's a team effort. It's just I like playing say, on a team. Yeah. I was going to say, realistically, that's exactly how it should be, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you got you got to think, a lot of us are naive to even believe, too, that it stops as soon as you walk out the doors of the rink. Like, it, it goes way beyond that in anything, like the fact that pressure from mom and dad can come into the rink even though it was never there when you got in that's just a classic example yeah yeah and a lot of i guess most and john i'm sure you can agree most minor hockey players are being coached not only by the coaches but their parents as well because obviously you see the coach what he sees from on ice level and the parents see something else and i guess what Nine or ten times a blow out, yeah. Right? <laughs> well, I was going to ask right. you, like, I'm, I'm curious to even know, like, how is it even at the level you're at, not just for your club, but all clubs? What are you noticing with the parents' part? Like, are they more involved now? Or are they trying to take that step back? Well, you know, I'm not the coach or the GM, so I don't have that level of involvement with the parents uh, in my current position. Most 99% of my job, I deal directly with the kids, and the parents, mm-hmm. for the most part, are generally you know, they've been pretty good. I haven't had yeah. any issues in my role, and I've been in this role now for four or five years right. with with parents. You know, they, the ones I've dealt with seem to, to get it. And, you know, yeah. if they have questions, I'm accessible. They can call. I don't mind answering questions because it's a learning process for them too, just as it is for their kids. But, you know, that goes without saying that there's other parents out there on other teams, maybe mm-hmm. even, you know, uh, at a higher level than us who who don't quite grasp it and you know what they may cause some problems but it always seems to be that uh, does that have an effect on a player when the draft comes around well it could it's just yeah. like anything else that we've mentioned you know if something is in your head whether it's internal or external or whatever it may be then absolutely they're 18 year old kids you know they're they're not any different than than 
you know, a kid who just, you know, got told that he's uh, not getting his allowance if, yeah. he, if he fails yeah. his next math test, right? So. You know, and it's amazing too because what I'm starting to see with the athletes that I get to work with is that you've almost got to let them be well, no, not almost. You have to let them be who they are in the moment. So, like, it's almost naive to say as well, you're 15 years old and I expect you to, to, to act like an NHL player. Mm-hmm. Or you're 16 and I expect you to act like an NHL player. I mean, once you start transitioning into the older teens, the later teens, yeah. I can get that because there are some kids that get drafted and they play. Like Austin Matthews. Yeah. But it's, I, I'm a big believer, too, that, you know, kids still have to learn to be kids. They have to do dumb things in order to learn from dumb consequences, but that's how it goes. That's part of being that character as well off the ice. Yeah, no, absolutely. For every Austin Matthews or Connor McDavid that we rave about their character till the moon comes up, there's 15 kids back in junior or in the AHL who are still learning and still making mistakes. As long as it's not, you know, having a putting a damper on your life that yeah. you know what everybody makes mistakes everybody's a kid but uh you know obviously in the social media age it's just about being smart and limiting those mistakes and learning from them very quickly and making sure that they're you know if something does get you uh i don't want to say in trouble but if something yeah. does happen that it's not something that's public and can derail yeah. the rest of your career because stuff follows you around nowadays well yeah. that's the thing too sorry go on um how many games do you watch in a season Oh, over 300 easy a year. 300? Yeah, over 300. Mm-hmm. Now, what do you look for? I know every parent that asks me when they come into the gym, what do these scouts look for? What do, what do they want? How do I know if my kid has it? Like, Can you just share some of your... Even if it's vague. Yeah, yeah. give a vague answer. You yeah. don't have to tell detail, but just something f- so that everyone can kind of understand. Yeah, well, I'll give you the vague answer first, and then I'll go into a little more detail. But, you know, scouts are, you know, the process is very, you know, it's not very, I don't want to say it's too generic, but there's a little there's a little bit of generic to it where we're all looking for, you know, big things, skill, skating, character, hockey sense. Mm-hmm. Those are probably the big four, I would say. Uh, you know, you can go a little deeper into that, and every scout, every team has a different way of valuing those. For me personally, top two are hockey sense is number one the game is just so fast now that you have to be you know ready to react to anything at a given moment gotta be anticipating where the puck's gonna go Mm -hmm. guys that aren't smart just don't play anymore especially as defensemen yeah defensemen have to be your smartest players you know especially as you know whether we like it or not the physical aspect of the game is is evolving Mm -hmm. I'll, i'll say and so you have to be able to you know play your position get back into position quickly if you do get out of position know where the guys are going to go and be able to use that positioning to to kind of angle them and direct them yourself and then the second thing we just kind of touched about it is you know we definitely want character kids we yeah. want good people in the organization uh you know we want to make sure that we're drafting guys who you know we can look the goal for us isn't just to have them for four years we want yeah. to move them on whether it's to CIS or U Sport as it's now called, yeah. or the NHL or the AHL, wherever they m- may want to go. It's uh, it's you know it's a lifelong process, and it's all about character. All about character. For all you athletes listening, you should rewind this and listen to Jonathan again, so yeah. it really sinks in on what they're looking for. Okay, they're not reinventing the wheel. It's pretty basic. It is. Okay, it's, there's no it, secret yeah. uh, answer. It's 
put in the work. Okay? And on top of it all, too, it's guys, character is right now, I think, one of the most overlooked aspects. Huge. To anything Huge. right now. Well, yeah, you know? you know, and I think, you know, I know a lot of very, very, very smart people who mm -hmm. I met. You know, in our organization with Ottawa, my short time with the Maple Leafs, there was a number as well of guys who have been involved, you know, and, and do some great work in the analytical field. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, but you can never underestimate, you know, some of the things you can't quantify. And character is one of those very, very important. And yep. everybody's looking. I'll tell a very quick story I mentioned there just, you know, short time with the Leafs yep. a couple years yeah. ago. And so what'd you do there just so our listeners yeah. could Oh, I was the... Nothing, nothing glorified. I was their hockey operations intern in, in yeah. the summer that they hired Lou and yeah. Mike Babcock and, and those guys who got to you know learn from them every day for That's four great. or five months. But one of the projects they had me do just right before the draft was go through a list of top 80 or so prospects, go through all of their Twitter accounts, look for you know tweets or comments that may have been a little disparaging or worrying and send that off to management so everybody's aware of, mm -hmm. of what's going on what you're saying and wow it can follow you if, if you've been active on twitter for five years before your draft year we're still going to see those tweets from five years ago so make wow. sure that uh make sure that you're aware and it's not just nhl teams ohl teams are doing it too so, so i have a question about that what i mean going back to the kids being kids where do you guys draw the line what is to say, like, okay, going back five years, let's say little Johnny here didn't really have that full grasp on his maturity yet. Yeah. What's your leniency? Well, I think it depends on who you are and, you know, the team you work for and everybody right. in the organization. But if I could give a vague answer and, you know, it's don't put anything offensive, no yep. slurs, yeah. uh, you know, nothing racist, sexist, homophobic. Of you know, nothing that could be disparaging to your character, to, you know, the team or the league or something. Even as something, if, if you are 17 and you mm -hmm. go away for a cottage weekend and you've got a picture of yourself up on Instagram with your buddies and you're holding a can of Bud Light or something, that's probably not a great idea either. So, yeah. You know, it's <laughs> the just... The red cup. It, yeah. the, the rule of thumb, the rule of thumb, I heard this at an OHL conference once a couple of years ago and it, it stuck. It's a good... Uh, Good advice is if you don't want your grandmother to see it, then don't post it on online. So there you go, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't matter how hip grandma is. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Not at all. Okay. Um, so coming from here, then I guess going in, what do you see from the physical side? Um, I just had actually a really good conversation with a couple friends about the goalkeep, well, the goaltender situation right now, the height thing. Right. Okay. Yeah. What's your take on that? I gotta know. Well, you know, for players and goalies, I think it's different. For goalies, I'm of the belief that bigger is better. Just yep. as the trend seems to be going in the NHL, it's just, you know, in my mind, it's simple. The more night you take up, the better. And that's not to say that there won't be exceptions because there are some very good goalies who are, you know, below six foot three. Yeah. One of them, Leo Lazarov, started in net for us this year in Ottawa. He's about five foot nine, five foot ten, and had wow. a good season wow. for us. Yeah, um, you know, UC Saros played some games in the Stanley Cup final for Nashville. He's about five ten, maybe five eleven. So there's always exceptions, but you know, I just think the more net you take up, the better. Especially with the fact that these guys who are six four, six five, starting in net, are also athletic now. They're not yep. just guys who are standing there, uh, you know, blocking shots, hoping to get yeah. hit with it. They're they're athletic, and then 
you know, and up front is uh, on, you know, if you're a player, whether it's a forward or a defenseman, I think the game is a lot less physical now than it used to be. I think yeah. it's pretty self-explanatory. Fighting isn't as prevalent. Neither is... You need four you know, lines now. You mm-hmm. need four lines, and I don't think you have to be huge to play anymore. Yeah. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of... Do you think it's a small man's game? Kind I of? wouldn't say it's a small man's game yeah. because there's a lot of big players who are still elite players. Yeah. But, you know, I think if... The priority now isn't being six foot two; it's skating in hockey sense. Yeah. You know, if you're a defenseman who can force guys wide and let your forward come back, back check, and take the man against the wall, and you just pick up the puck and move it, you can be five foot nine. There's no reason why you can't play as long as like you know. um, Nashville's player Ellis. Right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Prime example. Right How now. tall is he? He's maybe five foot nine. Wow. Mm-hmm. Now he's. Also, he's a quarterback. 200 plus yeah. seasons in the OHL. Yeah, I remember but, I played against him. <laughs> yeah, those days. But yeah, no, there's uh, it's it's the game's changing. It's like you said, it's a four line game as well. There's no yeah. more no more plugs. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Interesting. Well, I'm curious to know too. I guess coming back to the pressure topic, you know, you hear about the girlfriends, the social media. What's really, I guess, your big thing on how these guys deal with it? Like, how do you guys go about it there? Is it an open type of talk that you just have with them? Is it a constant interview? Like, just so these guys know, too. I wouldn't say it's an open interview, but I Mm -hmm. think it's an open environment. And it's, you know, starts at the top in any organization. And it's not just hockey teams, but it's all workplaces now where mental health is very, very important now. Uh, the OHL partners with with CAMH. Every yeah. team's got a partnership with CAMH, and coaches and GMs go through uh, mental health training at the start of the season as well. So it's just making sure that it's an open environment where, if you're feeling like there's a lot of pressure, or mm-hmm. you know you're feeling down, or whatever it is, that there's somebody you can talk to, and you don't have to be scared to do that. And it's like I said, not just hockey teams, but all organizations, including ours, including NHL teams, and yeah, yeah. And there has to be like it's, it, it's such like you were saying, something that's really unseen, unless it's brought to the table, and that's a hard part, right? I mean, it's it's not like a physical attribute that you can measure a bench a number of this or that. It's, it's, it's I know it's subjective. easier said than done, but it's, yeah, you know, it's tough to look at there too. Big time, big time, and you kind of feel bad for a lot of these kids because, and what John touched upon is. Anything can be posted in a second. Yeah. Right? You might not even post it yourself, but you might be at a party, this and that, and you know, you get tagged in a photo and some coach, GM, scout finds it and that's it. Yeah. Right? It's it's very tough. Very tough. Absolutely. But one guy like you almost have to look at like Sidney Crosby. Like he's you don't see anything on this guy. Yeah. 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 No, if you know you're gonna be attracting that much attention. Yeah. Same thing with McDavid. Yeah. Stay off it. Just lay low. Yeah. You know, it's tough to say sometimes because yeah. you want to, you know, I'm sure there's guys with, with that stature that want to be a little more public and mm-hmm. show everyone what they're doing. Yeah. But and it's, it's a lot of times. Peer, a lot of, and what I find, sorry to cut you off, it's yeah. a lot of peer pressure just from your friends at, yeah. at school, like guys that don't play, right? Because they, guys that don't play just don't understand that, you know, you have to go to bed early because there's a game yeah. the next day. You have to show up at the arena an hour before. You know, you got to get to bed. You have to do all this stuff to prepare for your games. Mm-hmm. And these, they're, I guess, outside friends. Yeah, come well, to this party here. Have a cigarette. Have have, yeah. have this. Yeah, right. It's kind of you have to balance the two. And 
when you have really close buddies that play hockey as well, I find that's the best, and that's yep. the environment and group you need to hang out with. Yeah, no, that's because they get yeah. it. They get it. It's a great point because it's not something that's ever really mentioned or thought about the fact that people in hockey at all levels have friends that aren't athletes and yeah. can be out till two in the morning on a Friday night. But you know, it's a character test, right? Being exactly. able to say, being able to, or learning to say no sometimes is. Uh, you know, shows a lot of strength, especially as a yeah. kid. So, and you know, that's sorry not to cut you off, but that's sorry. that's a thing too that I look at a lot with a lot of the guys we deal with is being able to almost embrace the fact that you're different and genuinely understanding the path that you are on to take it because it, it's like anything in life, anything that you're trying to achieve that's great isn't easy no. in any ways, and that comes with things, but. The one thing that almost bugs me with this whole pressure thing, and I've, I don't know if I've said it before, but it's the word sacrifice, okay? Yeah. To me, if you commit to any process, there's no sacrifice in my eyes. It's just, it's part of it. It's like elite bodybuilders, for example, they're not sacrificing food. Part of the process is they have to cut down. As an athlete, what I'm seeing is a lot of guys put so much emphasis on this stuff that they're sacrificing instead of seeing it as part of the process they're going through. I'm finding that that sacrificial part is what's, it's, it's really dialing into a lot of this pressure that they feel because it is like going out with friends. It is having a drink. It is, you know, partying, whatever it might be. They're almost putting this negative connotation to it mm -hmm. that it's a sacrifice when really... I mean, going back to the character, it should just be part of your character that you commit to it. It's I like agree. when you're... I, I completely agree It's like agree starting a business. Yeah. Okay? Or working a top corporate job. You know that you're going to naturally have to put in more work than normal. You know you're, that means on some extent a lack of family, personal time. But that's what you signed up for. Yeah. We can't be naive and not think that. It's, it's the same thing with an athlete. Yes. It's like when you're done training for the day, you kind of have time to yourself. But we all know in here, the best of the best are putting in more work. Something. And it doesn't mean going to beat the crap out of themselves at the gym. It could mean film watching. It could mean skill building in that sense on a different side. I'm just not a believer that any kind of pressure in general should be coming from any kind of sacrifice in the sport. I don't think it, I don't think it should be seen that way. I think that's very, it's very easy to do that. It's very easy to associate with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't know. That's my take. Um, assuming we're going to wrap this up soon. What are your, I guess, big threes for when more so scouting that next captain or that next big guy? Like what are the three things that you've been seeing as a pattern? that stand out to you? Like kids that you're almost saying, this is the guy? Well, that's a good question. Big three, well, you know, guys that we see as, you know, <clears throat> kids with leadership potential, if we want to say that, is, you know, A, we've mentioned it a million times throughout here, is character, and we get to talk to the kids and hear about them from coaches and agents and whatnot, so that's obviously a big one. But, yep. you know, we also like kids who are, if you want to say big game players, mm -hmm. you know, guys that don't crack under pressure everybody faces pressure so you know you're you're able to elevate your game and you may rise to the occasion and 
you know, if it's if we're talking minor midget hockey here, whether it's the OHL Cup mm-hmm. or, or one of the big tournaments throughout the year, and then, you know, if there's a if there's a third thing as well, it's just you know, obviously being a good teammate as well. Yeah. You know, you're not someone who's just thinking about yourself all the time, and you know, even on the ice, we can see that guys who move the puck and play a team game and are happy when their their team scores and aren't taking stupid penalties and congratulating their goalie at the end of the game small little things like yeah. that can really show your good you, teammate you what you see that eh? you you notice all the fine detail and a lot of people that a lot of people don't yeah, we see everything right <laughs> i have a question for you on that then sure what do you think of clutch players clutch players clutch players good thing or bad thing well i i don't see how they're a bad thing as long as you're not a detriment and you know games where, where it doesn't call for a clutch situation um you know, if you can go out there and you play a role and, you know, you can be a serviceable player night in and night out and when situations call for it, you step up and score a big goal, then nobody's going to say no to that, right? Right. Yeah. But, I mean, so let's put it this way. you got the consistent player who's constantly doing his thing. Yeah. But then you got the player who's capitalizing in a clutch situation. What do you think of that? Would, well, you, would yeah. you say that's like a Phil Kessel in a way? Is he considered a clutch player? That's almost – it's funny you say that because that's almost what I'm – not think, uh, kind of thinking about. Yeah. In that sense, yeah, so. almost in a sense of like, I personally say even to my athletes, when it comes to being a clutch player, that shouldn't be something you want because that means you can't deliver in a constant situation. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, it's a good point, but you know, every player is different, just like every person's different, and yeah. uh, you know, with every player, you got to measure the the risk and reward, just like anything. So, you know, if we're talking Phil Kessel, yeah, you know what he sacrifices a lot of defense for offense but if he's going to give you 30 goals a year and you can manage him then there's a whole lot of teams that you know cap him uh, the side would yeah. take him on your team so <laughs> just about I think it's not so much about the player in question but the person who's managing them whether it's the coach or the GM Interesting. Yeah. I want to go back to just for a few minutes adapting um, mm-hmm. a lot of these I guess a lot of minor hockey kids a lot of minor hockey parents always talk about okay so let's just say we're in minor peewee this kid he's going to the show of course he is right minor peewee he's going to the show as you adapt and as you get older you just see these guys kind of not drop off but they just yeah kind of fall not drastically but it's other players are putting the work they're adapting to you know they're hitting puberty they're adapting to the speed of the game they're kind of just stepping up a bit i was gonna say i think the big thing you just hit there i think a lot of people as funny as it sounds underestimate the impact of this whole like growth spur puberty thing that hits yeah i think a lot underestimated because you guys probably see when you're younger the small kid or sorry the tall kid and all of us were small oh yeah that you come back like a year later and he's the same height and you're yeah like a foot taller yeah you know what I mean? There's a kid I used to coach, actually, um, in minor peewee, uh, Jack Lambert. And at the time, there's no hitting, right? So minor peewee, peewee, there's no hitting. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's played well, but now the following year, minor bantam, hitting starts. And now he's just tearing it up. Some guys just like to adapt, and they yeah. like the hitting side. They like being more physical. They like yeah. that playing with, I guess, that edge, whereas that transitional play from, I guess, what, peewee to minor bantam. Yeah being adaptable to that 
can break or break, I guess, what your hockey career would you say mm-hmm. in a way? Well, it's funny because, man, I'm, I'm a big believer in anger when you play. Yeah. That's the one emotion to really tap into. Um, I think to an extent that obviously that hitting part of the game elicits that emotion very easy, rightfully so. I think some kids just thrive better off it, much yeah. more than a lot of players, especially when it comes to that adaptability process. Like, yeah. you got to think, when you have to adapt to something, yeah, it's 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 natural instinct, but it's also a matter of being so prepared that you can adapt. Yeah. You know, and I think some kids are just beyond prepared and ready to make that jump from that semi-aggressive game to full-fledged aggression, aggression sorry, where I think some kids they kind of run from it and it's each year yeah right and i guess kind of john you might agree with me or not but each tournament each game as the season goes on because yes everybody that comes into training camp maybe the first what month everyone's on a real high Mm -hmm. they kind of get a feel of yes we're going at a high pace but then as the season kind of goes let's say towards christmas it kind of dips yeah that's what we were talking about a lot this offseason and and then all of a sudden you're at the, let's say we're talking about the minor midget level, the OHL Cup, the playoffs, now it's back up again. Yeah. And that OHL Cup, and I've sat with you to watch, it's everyone adapts and brings it, like really brings it. It's just like, where did the season just go? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good point. We focus, you know, when you talk about adaptability, you focus so much on year to year, you know, whether it's going from minor midget to junior A to the OHL to the NHL what you know whatever your path may be but so much of it also is like you mentioned throughout the season and you know adapting when times are tough whether it's a long losing streak or a scoreless drought or whatever it may be and you know adapting when your coach asks you to play a different role or you know when there's injuries or whatever it may be so it's you know adaption isn't just you know a long-term process it's very short-term as well it can be shift to shift you know, situations change very quickly and it's just the nature of the game. Do you think, um, so going back on that, just coaching, tell, a coach tells a player, you know, you're left wing in today's game, but for the weekend, so-and-so got hurt, I need you to play right wing, right? Yeah. And you will know if he's pissed off or not. You will know if he's, you know, he can't play right wing. If you want to be a player in this league and pro let's say you have to adapt to any role they give you right absolutely yeah no so much i think something that's really you know i don't think gets a lot of attention but we'll start to um you'll probably start to become a little more mainstream as well as just ensuring that players are ready to adapt in terms of a game situation and i i'm a big believer that you know every player on your team should be able you know, or should have knowledge of every position, obviously, minus yeah. goaltending. Your forwards should have an, an idea of you know what they should do if they're the first back in their zone and they have to go down low in the corner and get the puck and move yeah. it up to their winger or the centerman. Vice versa, if, if you know, you're playing right wing and you go down with an injury in the first period and I bring up one of my defensemen to slot in on the right wing, you should have an idea of you know you should be covering your points, uh, F2 goes to the net, so whatever true. it may be. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a big believer that it's, you know, not like we kind of talked about it before where hockey's becoming such a four line game, mm-hmm. but it's also becoming a, you know, shift to shift. It's becoming a five man unit on the ice yeah. all the time, and positions are starting to blend a little more is that, together. Is that something you look at when you're at your draft table with Ottawa? Um, okay, I'm looking at player A and player B, but player 
A is strictly just a left-wing guy. He does this, this, and this. But player B can do this, this, and this, but also play both sides. Do you draft, you know, okay. Hold on. So, like, does he draft based off, like, based adaptability? Based adaptability. I, I, I don't know if I'd go that far yeah. to say we base off of it. Uh, adaptability uh, because you know there's guys who can only play left wing that are always going to be better than the guy yeah. who can play left wing white or yeah. not left wing right wing mm-hmm. or center just the, the way it is yeah for sure but you know if you have for instance you have and you know it's no secret that right shot defenseman come at a premium if you have a left shot defenseman who's sitting there and you know that he has experience playing left or right D then yeah you know what he might get some some more points over guys who can only play lefty because, you know, it's just the, the nature of the game where yeah. there's more left shots playing defense than right shots. Yeah, that's true. You know, so so there is a time and a place for it, absolutely. I just think when it comes to managing your team and coaching your team, stressing the importance of, of knowing every position uh, to some degree, obviously you're not going to be an expert on every position, but, yeah. you know, just so instinctually you can go back and, and hold your own for the time being. Yeah. Uh, I think that's something that's becoming increasingly important. Huh. Very interesting. Well, I guess my last question for you, yeah, coming into the gym, how do you train players based off, or do you, to try and make them that adaptable player? What do you do? I like to set goals with them. Okay. To just start. Um, like physical, like trying to get them? Physical goals, mental goals. Just I need to know who I'm dealing with. I want to know who you are, why you're coming to see me, where you want to go in hockey, who do you play like. I like to know my athletes individually. And then I build a program based around that. Let's say, you know, okay, um, player X that comes into the gym, his first three strides are are slow, but he can eventually get there. His conditioning is okay, but the first three steps. The explosiveness. The explosiveness, it's crucial. Yeah. And if he's not there, okay. And that's something that he tells me that he wants to work on. I will work on that. That might be his weakness, but I still work on his strengths. But at the same time, I'm a big believer in in speed. I don't care how strong you are. If you cannot keep up, and I've said this before, if you cannot keep up, you will fall behind. The game is going by so fast. And I tell all my athletes that you have to look at Connor McDavid. He is setting the stage for the next generation of players on yeah like standard you have to play at my pace yeah right like we've all we grew up with you know we've seen the Crosby's the Ovechkin's and now it's just like Conrad David's coming in you know um, McKinnon these yeah. guys, these guys fly Larkin. yeah they fly yeah. and if you're not adapting yourself to that pace by the time your turn comes around, John. I think you might agree. No one's gonna take a chance on you. Yeah, no, I agree. Skating is it's extremely it, important. It, it's you know? the most dominant thing in hockey right now. Yeah, that's the easiest thing to notice as well. You can <clears throat> doesn't take a scout to go and pick up yeah, a bad yeah. skater in a hockey game. Yeah, and back when I played, I had great hockey IQ. Um, I had a great shot. I made good passes. My skating wasn't up to par and I know Jonathan was around when I played and I think you can agree that my skating wasn't up to par I was a little younger but <laughs> <laughs> he didn't speak back to him <laughs> yeah. um, no it's funny you bring up McDavid too 
in that realm because even like we talked about before his character it's almost like what we're trying to get you guys to understand is it's not just being a one way single athlete you have to have the mental you have to have the physical you have to live the lifestyle but more importantly you have to be able to well tune yourself all around which is why we brought a guy like Jonathan in here so thank you so much Jonathan we appreciate it um we'll I guess we can put his plugins everywhere yep all that stuff where they yep. can you know for sure learn sure. a bit about you um and on top of that guys I guess that'll wrap it up for uh for this episode you know unless Thomas wants you no that was great I think uh having Jonathan <coughs> here was is crucial yep so that our young audience of athletes can understand what they're looking for and I mean they as in scouts GM coaches and you know now you can move forward of with you know train all summer get ready for training camp and be consistent that's it just be consistent and stay hungry meaning you have to want it if you are halfway and wanting it there's no point of even even trying you have to go all in yep and what Matt touched upon the sacrifice thing I think I, I agree I agree with that. It comes with the territory. Of course it does. It comes with it. Man, you can't... It's like a job application, guys. You can't say, I want to apply for this job, but I don't want to do the role. Or I don't want to do this part of it. I don't want to do that part of it. I'm just going to do these three instead of the five. It doesn't work like that. So even wrapping up from that part, guys, have an open mind. Yeah, big time. (laughs) Understand what it is. Know your role. Know your your self-awareness. Know your strengths, weaknesses, work-ons, whatever you want to call them. And go all in. Okay, because that's at the end of the day what separates the good from the great from the limitless in my eyes. So guys, that will wrap it up. Um, We have everything down below, social media, all that kind of stuff. Be sure to tune in next week. We have our next episode coming out next Monday as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, check it out. Um, Leave some comments, leave some feedback. We feed off of it. We can bring more guys like Jonathan in. If you ask questions based on it, we will do our best to bring you the most knowledge and information because at the end of the day, That's our goal. So guys, thanks so much for tuning in and we will see you all pretty soon.